No one comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. To the Huddle Up Podcast, live here on our Facebook page. It is Wednesday, September nineteenth, two thousand and eighteen, uh, and we are having we have tons of stuff to talk about this week, uh, including the big dogs stumble, including myself. And Adam Sandler was right about kickers all along. But first, football season is here, and it's time for you to get ready for tailgate parties and weekend pre games with the best game that money can buy. Go to playqb54.com and use promo code PODCAST to get 20% off of your order. Again, playqb54.com, use promo code PODCAST and get 20% off of your order. That is the home network or the uh, sponsor of our home network, NGSC Sports. We got uh, Dave on the line with us. Obviously, Sean not in studio with us tonight. But Dave, how are you doing this week, bud? Jim, we're doing well. It's uh, Wednesday. It's been a crazy week so far. We got a uh, pretty good beer we're drinking at the moment, a uh, 13% stout. So um, we got a cold beer, and I get to school you on football again. So the night's getting good. Off to a good ending. Well, there we go. That is a way to kick it off. We have a couple people following along with us in the uh, in the Facebook live video feed. If you uh, are following along with us, make sure you uh, give it a like and a share. Get as many people uh, in here as possible. We love that. Uh, we have one question out of the gate already, Dave, that we'll uh, get to. Why don't we just get to it right away? Uh, Josh Gordon to the New England Patriots. Uh, Scotty asks, does that mean they are uh, Super Bowl bound or will the Jags have something to say about it? This is my take on, on Josh Gordon. And, and a lot of people, um, you know, kind of went, oh, you know, it's pretty obvious the Patriots are probably going to take him because uh, that's just kind of who they are. But I mean, th- that is kind of who they are, uh, you know, kind of picking up these, you know, kind of help needed cases and things like that. But you know what? Um, maybe a change of scenery for Josh Gordon is exactly what he needs. Um, obviously, it, it is a step up in terms of the organization as a whole. Uh, and if you get the Josh Gordon that, that you know, we saw make a, a catch in, in week one against the Steelers, you get a guy that you know is as focused as he was when he came into the league. This is a huge step up for New England. Um, it's it's a, a, like they typically do. It's a low risk, um, high reward type of thing. They didn't give up a lot to get him. So uh, if they get the good Josh Gordon, this is a great deal. If they don't, you know, they can cut him or cut ties and and what have you. But I, I you know, it's it's a no risk thing. Does it mean they're Super Bowl bound? I I don't know. Um, it just depends on what Josh Gordon is, is in New England. Yeah, Jim, I tend to agree with what you're saying there. I mean, it's 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 a low-risk thing. I mean, they give up, I think it was, what, a fifth-round pick for him, something along those lines. Yeah, and, something like that. I mean, uh, given how Belichick is with his players, uh, chances are the good Josh Gordon shows up once or twice, and he's able to flip Josh Gordon later in the year for a first-round pick or something somehow just because it seems to be what the Patriots do for some God-unforeseen reason. But uh, – does it mean they're going to the Super Bowl? I mean, it it, it certainly boosts them a little bit. Um, but you, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot. There's 14 games left in the regular season here. 
Um, you can make an argument for probably 25 teams going to the Super Bowl at this point, just given how um, wide open a lot of it is. Uh, it, it, does it help their chances? Yes, but does it take it from a, a 10% to a 50%? No, I mean, it probably takes it from, if it was 10% to now you might be at 12%. I mean, his, his impact is extremely minimal in the grand scheme of things. I think the, the bigger impact is it, it's a, uh, another piece that you have to film and, and try and figure out how to coverage against, and you've you got to figure out what their the, the first couple of weeks are going to be, how's Belichick going to use him? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the bottom line, and getting him in there and uh, integrating him in, into their offense is the big thing. But again, I, I, it's a there, there's a possibility of high reward because uh, you're, you're talking about a super talented um, wide receiver. It just depends which Gordon shows up. Uh, if you want to call in and, and, and talk with us, uh, you know, get your football uh, thoughts in with us, you can do that. The number... Uh, you can see it on our Facebook posts, uh, of course, on our Facebook page or over at Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast. That is 401-347-0613. Use pin 29312. Again, 401-347-0613. Use pin 29312. Uh, you can also uh, play along with us uh, week to week on our Pick'em group on Yahoo. Head over to tinyurl.com slash huddleuppick'em. Again, tinyurl.com slash huddleuppick'em. Uh, Dave, the, a couple of, you know, th- thoughts from this past week in college football before we get to this weekend's top 25 matchups. Um, you know, w- you had two big teams uh, go down, one being Auburn, which we'll kind of talk about a little bit because I think we have to – Talk about LSU when you're talking about Auburn. But then you also have Wisconsin falling to BYU. Now, this is a team that, that you know, you and I both, um, you know, really thought had a lot of potential to go deep. Now, does this 100% kill their season? Absolutely not. Um, because, you know, you still, you know, have a pretty good possibility, given the, the division that they're in, in the Big Ten, uh, you know, to, to kind of run that side. And then you would have the uh, Big Ten championship to battle back into it. And it is obviously early enough in the year. Um, but does the, is this a, a, a kind of cause of alarm here, um, you know, for you looking at our Wisconsin pick? Um, I don't think it's a cause of alarm. Uh, I mean, they have they, – uh, they have a, I forget who they play this week, but uh, Iowa. I think they have Iowa. I think that's right. So yeah. um, they they had Iowa is arguably um, one of the most important games on their schedule because they're probably the biggest start to them in the Big Ten West. So uh, realistically, this Iowa game is worth two games this weekend because I mean all you have to do is win the Big Ten West and you're going to hold the tiebreaker over Iowa. Or Iowa is going to have it over Wisconsin if you win. Um, so you had a clear sleepy spot for Wisconsin this past week. Um, the, the concern is the lack of focus more so than anything else. Um, the, the talent is there, but what are they going to do with this? Uh, are, are, are they going to be able to focus week to week and will they be able to recover and come out? I mean, I think Iowa is like three and a half point underdogs or something like that. And they realistically should be close to seven. So, um, you're getting a little bit of value on Wisconsin this weekend based on last week. Yeah. And, and yeah, you, you hit the nail on the, on the head right there with, you know the the their division is is obviously the the weaker of the two in, in the Big Ten, and if you get the win this week, you really kind of hold that uh, power card when it comes to their division, and um and then you just pretty much have to put all your focus into to not losing, not you know not having another slip up um, throughout your Big Ten schedule, but then uh, all eyes would turn then to the Big Ten title game. Uh, the other um, top ten team to fall, uh, you had a couple ones again that that, that were close, but. Um, the top 10 team that fell was uh, Auburn fell to LSU, um, you know, and, 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 you know, this is kind of a two part discussion because, you know, Auburn lost and I'm, I'm not um, in any way, shape or form, you know, saying, you know, the season's over this and that, because we've seen obviously through the SEC schedule as it gets deeper into October and uh, you know, like the beginning of November that um, there, there, there's plenty of time to make ground when you, when you, you know, play Alabama and you play, uh, Georgia, and you get near the SEC title game if you can, uh, you know, battle uh, into that spot. Um, you know, but LSU has a has a has a big win now on their schedule and in that conference by picking up this win. And, and you're looking at a at a LSU team, a big road win too, a huge road win. But like week one, 
you know, you have a neutral site win against, at the time, number eight Miami. You beat them 33-17. Now, were they actually the number eight team in the country? Probably not. That goes into that whole, uh, you know, preseason ranking uh, bullcrap that, that I don't particularly care for um, that, that we've discussed in the past. Um, you know, you, you win a game 31 nothing in Southeast Louisiana. You were supposed to win big. You did win big, uh, something that other teams in the country have failed to do. Uh, over the the first couple weeks of the season, and then, like you said, you go into uh, you know you go into Auburn on the road, and uh, and then pick up the win with the uh, and you know and and with the with a kick a field goal kick to win the game, uh, which we've seen both in college and the NFL, which we'll talk about later, uh, is not always the easiest thing to do. So um, you know, I, for me, it's not even as much that I'm concerned about Auburn. I'm looking at, you know, just how good is this Ed Orgeron coached LSU team. And, you know, I, I think they put a lot of people on notice this past weekend. Um, you know, will they go to the national title game? I don't know. But but I think they, they put the nation and the SEC particularly on notice. Yeah, Jim, I mean, you have to give them credit. They, they arguably have the best wins. Um, in college football, bar none. I mean, maybe, maybe Ohio State's up there based on the road win at TCU. Um, and I'm using road air quote type of thing um, without their head coached. Um, but I mean, if, if you look at the the most impressive uh, teams so far, I mean, the four that come to mind to me, three of them are in the SEC, and that's that hurts for me to say out loud. Yeah, uh, I, I hate to admit that, that is that hurts. But I hate it to admit it as well. But that's a hundred percent right, man. I mean, uh, I think you're hard pressed to make an argument for the, the top four teams not not being in some fashion. You, you have to have three of them in there. Um, you, you, your, your top four teams right now have to be some combination of Alabama, um, LSU, Georgia, and Ohio State. I, I mean, if you don't have three, at least three of those four in your top four, <laughs> your rankings are pretty uh, invalid just off of that right there alone. I mean, Oklahoma's in there probably, um, but other than that, I mean, I don't know who do you go to. Yeah, Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, certainly not at, at this point. And you know, I I would love to be able to, uh, you know, pass it off and and say that my my Irish should be in that discussion, but they shouldn't be. Um, you know, they've they've had two opportunities post week one to uh, go out there and 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 you know put away a team that they should beat handedly, and they haven't done it. Um, so they go on the road for the first time this week. And, you know, that, that is a test in and of itself. Uh, you know, I had a guy at work um, that, uh, you know, is, is, is putting a little funds on the line uh, this week. And he said, James, can Notre Dame cover seven? And I said, uh, should they? Absolutely. Will they? Roll the freaking dice, man. Like, if you, if you want to try that, go ahead. I'm not, I'm not endorsing it. I'm not telling you to. But, um, you know, they, they should. But they, they have failed to... Uh, live up to the should thing but yeah in, in, so i think uh i think your notre dame team is in some trouble and they, they go to virginia in a couple of weeks right uh yeah they they they're at wake forest this weekend they come home for stanford and then the first saturday in october they go to virginia tech so you know what whatever whatever funk is in the air in south bend needs to clear out really quick because you can you can probably go to wake forest and and play not a great game and come out of there with a win but you're going to turn around and, and, and play a Stanford team, which you normally don't get until October. You usually, you know, that that's usually not this early on the schedule. But you have a Stanford team that's currently ranked number seven, uh, and then you turn right back around and go to Virginia Tech to open October, at which a game I am sure, barring a loss by either team somewhere, will definitely be a prime time game. I would not be shocked to see Herb Street and Corso and the team uh, in Blacksburg for that one. Because it's going to be a big game if, if, if the teams are undefeated. So that's enough uh, Notre Dame talk. My, my, the only other thing I really wanted to touch on in college football is what do you think about this Alabama team? Like, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I hate talking about them and everything, but um, this Alabama team is something else this year. I mean, I, I know it's early, but, man uh, – they're, they're, they were 20-some point underdogs or favorites to to uh, Mississippi last week, and they covered that in the first quarter after giving up like an opening <laughs> kicker, yeah. long touchdown, I forget which it is. But uh, is this Alabama team for real? I mean, I, I don't know 
I, I know Tua is obviously the better quarterback. We, it's been well documented. My uh, hatred towards Jalen Hurts for two years, which uh, uh, please tell me how how correctly I have called that that he's terrible. Oh yeah, um, he's but, he's not good. But I, well, I mean, I called that uh, week two of the two years ago type of thing. Uh, but Tua, Dave, I'm sorry, Dave. That'd be like calling the night sky the dark, though. I mean, to be fair. <laughs> I was ahead of most hating on him, but right, it, it wasn't a hard one to pick out. Right, right. Um, but uh, the, the Tua just brings a, an insane amount of upside for the Saban team. And, I mean, the thing that we were talking about uh, earlier is what what would this team have been if Tua was there and got to play with Calvin Ridley? Uh, it would be like a, a, a real-life cheat code is what it would be. Um you know, obviously, you know you've played you played two opponents that were walkthroughs. Uh, I I don't know. I I understand the receiving core for Ole Miss is, is is probably one of the better ones in the country, and Alabama shut them down. But I, I I just don't know as a team, Dave, how good Ole Miss really is. Um, so I I don't know. I don't. We don't know yet just how good this Alabama team is. Um, does it? Does it look really good? A- absolutely. I mean, they, they, they look like, if not the obvious best team in the country, um, they are the disputed best team in the country. Like, there, there's no doubt that they are at least, like, 1A, <laughs> if not the clear-cut number one. So, you know, I think... It we'll might fi- be them in Georgia again. I mean, in all realisticness, I mean, Oklahoma's probably going to have something to say, but it might be them in Georgia. I, I mean, it, and, it, and it certainly could be. I mean, I think when you're you're talking about this, um, you know, and you're talking about college football, you're you're, you're probably looking at a situation where, um, you know, you're, you're going to get to those, you know, you're going to get to the, get to those games late in the year with your conference matchups when you get Alabama and and uh, and LSU playing each other and, and things like that 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 probably play out um, just exactly. You know how how the rest of the, you know it's going to dictate the rest of the year, you know. So like looking at Alabama's schedule, you have A and M, the you know Louisiana, Arkansas, Missouri, Tennessee. Um, Saturday, November third, is probably going to be one of the biggest games in terms of dictating the rest of the year. That's when uh, they are at LSU, which is which will be a huge, huge game. Uh, mark it on your calendar, folks. Um, college game day is probably going to be at LSU that, that weekend. Um, and then of course you have the Auburn game on, on, uh, November 24th. You have a Mississippi state game in there, but you know, all these, all these teams kind of have to play out against each other. So, um, you know, here's, here's the only other thing I think I want to, I want to bring up here. That's really going to be interesting. Um, realistically speaking this year, real scenario could happen. Alabama loses at LSU. Mm Mm-hmm. LSU, yeah, Alabama loses to LSU. LSU loses to Georgia in the, into the in the SEC title, title game. Georgia loses to Auburn or Alabama or LSU, whichever crossover they have. Right. What do you do for the national title game? I mean, with the SEC scenarios here are just ridiculous because I feel like at the moment you have at least two qualified teams. You can probably argue three or four potentially. Um, I mean, I. I... You move the playoff to eight games. Problem solved. Right. I just wanted to get yeah, that ran in. Right, there. exactly. You know, and, and it's it's in a scenario like that, Dave, is kind of the sort of thing that that I I hope to play out until we get to an eighteen playoff. Because um, you know, if Ohio State wins out, they're gonna have you know, they're gonna have a stake to it. If Penn State wins out, they're gonna have a stake to it. If Notre Dame finds a way to win out, they're gonna have a stake to it. If Virginia Tech goes undefeated they're probably going to have a claim to a spot in the playoff you know so like there's going to there's going to be put it this way plain and simple like I know there's a lot of ifs there but there there, there's the obvious potential and we're sitting here very early in the year but you're talking about a a possibility of numerous teams with with an obvious stake in the top four spots which for me as a person who wants to go eight is a, like a dream scenario. I mean, and knowing my luck, Notre Dame will probably win out and find a way to not be in because that's just how things would work. But, um, you know, I, I, I do like chaos. 
and I think that that's that there's obviously that uh, potential there for. So um, in, in terms of how good is Alabama, um, let, let's start to find out this weekend. And it's one of the two games featuring two top 25 opponents because that's kind of the way we're doing our uh, our little our little pickums on air here this year. Uh, so you got number 22, Texas A&M. Uh, and, and what are actually some, some pretty cool uh, or unveiled some pretty cool throwback uniforms not being worn this week. But um, it's like a solid jersey, but the number looks mesh. It's pretty sharp if you want to check that out if you're a jersey nerd like I am. Uh, we have 22 Texas A&M at number one Alabama, who is a 27-point favorite. And that should show you right there the separation between the best and everybody else in the SEC and in the nation is a team that's ranked in the top 25 is a 27-point dog uh, on the road. Uh, the over-unders on this one set at 61 uh, Saturday uh, at 3.30 on CBS. Um, Alabama's going to win. Um, that is not debatable uh, for me. Um, will they beat the 27? I personally, if I was putting money on this, I wouldn't. T- this is a game I wouldn't touch. I'm going to say no. They don't. They don't beat the spread. So I'll take you know Texas A&M to beat the spread, but Alabama to win the game. So I, I I I agree with you, Jim. This number is absolutely absurd, but I feel like it's so absurd that the only way I could play this is Alabama. It feels like I'm if I'm getting 27 points on a a ranked team at, in Alabama, it feels too good to be true. So <laughs> I would lean towards uh, Alabama here with the spread, but uh, I won't be touching this one. Um, I like this Alabama team, as I think I uh, said a couple of minutes ago. But, uh, again, this, this spread is just too absurd for me to even consider. Uh, there's better games on the market to pick. But uh, I, would, uh, I, would, I would echo your uh, Alabama, and I'd probably lean towards the over a little bit. Uh, Dave, just, just from a uh, professional degenerate um, standpoint, uh, <laughs> a buddy of mine, uh, the same guy at work that was talking about the Notre Dame uh, point, he said he was also looking at the at the Michigan game. Michigan, I think, is 19-point favorite, and, and I didn't check this to, to make sure. It seemed like a high number. 19-point uh, favorite at home uh, against Nebraska, and uh, – I told him to, to to stay away from it big time. Like I know Nebraska is not very good, but like it it, it just, that that number just seemed really high given given what Michigan has shown over the first three weeks. Like I know they've had big wins against inferior opponents um, over the last two weeks, but but for in your uh, professional amateur professional opinion. Uh, you know, is, is Michigan at 19 point favorite that that'd be one to stay away from. Right. Well, I mean, this, this all goes back to, you have to analyze the game and, and do you like Michigan's terrible offense against Nebraska's defense or Nebraska's eh offense against Michigan's defense? I mean, whichever one of those two you like is, is who you play in this one. Um, but I agree with you. This is a stay away game for me. There's too many unknowns. I mean, uh, I believe Nebraska just got whooped by Troy last week, was it? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, the theory <laughs> tells me, theory tells me on that that I play Nebraska this week just because they're going to come with max effort. Um, however, uh, that that gives me a little heartburn saying I'm going to put money on Nebraska. So kind of, <laughs> if I get some heartburn when I'm thinking about playing something, the Stay one away. thing you have is a just... if you're into that thing where you put money on games. Um, you don't have to play every game where the odds makers have to line every game. So that's your advantage. Right. You can always, uh, you can always uh, sit there and sit out and watch the game. I mean, I feel I, I get irritated when I like a game and I don't put anything on it and it wins, but man, it's a great feeling. You're like, man, I almost played Nebraska and here they are down 35 yeah, nothing to start the second quarter. When you stay clear and you, and you use your head and you avoid a, a terrible decision, it does feel good. Again, entertainment purposes only. All right, let's go to the other top 25 head-to-head matchup this weekend. Number seven, Stanford, who is a two-point favorite on the road at number 20, Oregon, which, quite frankly, I was a little surprised to see Oregon back in the top 25. It's been a little while. Uh, that organization has been working on uh, finding itself again um, and, and, and maybe kind of appears like they are. So uh, kudos to the work that the uh, that the Ducks are doing. Um and and in terms of uh, uniforms, obviously Oregon is usually uh, takes the headlines. 
biggest numbers on a uniform I've ever seen. They go like, you know, neck to waist on the on the numbers. Neat look. Um, but we got that game uh, on Saturday. Uh, over under at 56. That game is uh, 8 p.m. Saturday on ABC. Uh, I, I like Stanford here. Um, and and at, at a two-point favorite, I'm going to, you know, take Stanford plus the points. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be that close. I, I, mean, I think touchdown, 10-point uh, range. Um, Oregon, like I said, is, the, the, the program is rebuilding, and they're getting there um, over time, but it is not uh, where they want it to be yet. So um, Stanford, Stanford's just the better team. Jim, give me the ducks. I mean, this is a chance for them to make a statement that the program is back, and uh, this is a very winnable game for them at home. Going to get the crowd fired up. Uh, my daughter's favorite thing in the world is ducks, so I can't go. I can't go against the ducks for wow. for good old Lillian's sake. So, well, there you um, go. I mean, it's the, the we're, we're just talking about degenerate a little bit in sports betting. I, I think everyone on the show should know by now that if Jim picks one way with the spread, go the other way, and you're going to hit seventy five percent clip. Right, grab it and run. Don't don't follow anything that I say. It's usually safer, especially I think in college football. All right, Dave. Let's uh, let's bounce over. Yeah, uh, how about uh, Boise State last weekend that you and uh, brother there were so confident on, and uh, I believe someone was correct, not mentioned. Yeah, I, I don't have uh, I don't have any recollection of this. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, let's bounce. rewind it back. <laughs> uh, let's bounce over to the NFL, Dave. And again, if you want to uh, get in on the action, you can do that at four zero one three four seven zero six one three and use pin two nine three one two we haven't heard still haven't heard from uncle mitch i might send an apb out because we are uh we're two weeks away from the uh the glorious banner being raised in 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 washington and we're gonna have to go live on a tuesday night that week because there ain't no way i'm missing the banner raising uh in, in dc i'm gonna be watching that thing live for sure uh but, but i haven't heard from uncle mitch in a while we need to uh put an APB out on him because, you know, we're getting near hockey season. You know, I'm sure, you know, I know the Steelers have been bad. The Pirates stink. Uh, Pitt football's terrible. Uh, you know, the, the Penguins are still licking their wounds from the Capitals, eliminating them last year. So it's been a rough, it's been a rough 2018 for Uncle Mitch. So we're, we got to meet, we got to check on him, Dave. You know, maybe we'll try and get him, uh, get him a call in here next week. He's still sitting there watching the Stanley Cup finals, trying to figure out when uh, Cindy's <laughs> going to be lifting the cup and then realize that an actual man got it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, so just a couple of like headlines coming out of uh, la- last week. Um, you had Vontae Davis retire at halftime. Like I know that the jokes have been easy to write about a guy uh, or about a team that's so bad you have a guy quitting at halftime. Um, you know, and and – I'm not judging a guy's decision to leave the game during like leave football during the season. I think my biggest problem with this plain and simple is you walked out on your team halfway through a game. Like if you do, and I know he said he like, he just didn't feel it. He was afraid of getting hurt, whatever. Well, you know what? Stand on the sideline. Let somebody else go in the game after the game, retire, walk away. I just, I just thought it was a little classless. Yeah, Jim, I agree with you. I mean, but uh, it is Buffalo we're talking about, so I'll just kind of leave that there. But uh, it was an interesting move, and I don't know it's something that I've heard of uh, happening in, in, in professional sports that you just say, be uh, I'm done type of thing, like uh, kind of unheard of. But uh, I, I do agree with the injury aspect, and um, that was always one of the tough things playing in sports, that if you weren't giving 110%, you were always way more injury-prone, so it was tough on those uh, – those games when you were you were way up or way down because you always had to watch you weren't going to get clipped or something like that. So um, I get that aspect of it, but I don't condone the action. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at with it. Um, the drama in Pittsburgh continues. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell forfeiting eight hundred plus thousand uh, a week, walking away. Now you have all this drama with Antonio Brown, um, and I, you know. It, I just don't know how to make heads or tails of it. Like I, I think Le'Veon Bell is is ultimately doing what's best for him. I really do. Uh, I think he'll get a big contract next year. Does it look great? No. <coughs> Excuse me, but you know, it, and the Antonio Brown stuff I think is still very new to try and make heads or tails of it. But I just think that Mike Tomlin it seems to me 
Like he's losing that locker room. Like fast forward six weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks. Um, the Steelers don't turn this thing around and turn it around quick. Um, I think you're seeing the end of the Mike Tomlin era, personally. Yeah, I agree with you there, Jim. I mean, uh, there, there's some red flags, but, uh, I mean, I think this kind of goes back to something we've hit on a couple times during the past couple of years, that, that Mike Tomlin is not that good of an NFL coach. I mean, he's got a ton of talent that he's had around him, and he had a phenomenal defensive coach um, for a lot of his tenure, which has uh, really elevated his status. But he's made a lot of um, bonehead decisions, to say the least, uh, during his time. So um, I, I think this just kind of amplifies it. I mean, you don't hear of locker room issues with Bill Belichick because if there's a locker room issue, well, the guy's going to be finding a new locker room exactly. instantly pretty much. Like uh, you, you deal with this stuff, and it's uh, – essentially like managing that uh, if he scrolls it right away, it's done. Yeah, I mean, you can you can say what you will about Robert Kraft and, and Bill Belichick and the Patriot way. Like, everybody kind of wants to, to knock that saying, the Patriot way, but you don't see this stuff. You don't see this stuff coming out of New England. And, they you know, they kind of take these, you know, fixer-upper cases, kind of like Josh Gordon. Um, how important are kickers, Dave? I mean, you, you you know, we're looking at a weekend where we just saw, once again, the game comes down to kicks, and, um, you know, guys, you know, miss them. You know, unfortunately, you see some of these young guys m- maybe lost their only chance at, at, you know, having an NFL job. But, uh, you know, it's it's such a key part of the game, special teams, and uh, it, it can decide games. You know, so we saw Dan Bailey has a new job, Minnesota. Yeah, Jim, and I mean, I, I was honestly watching this, and I, I thought the perfectly perfect irony on Sunday Night Football would be for the the Cowboys to have a game-winning field goal that they missed because of releasing Dan Bailey, and just to listen to how um, animated the Cowboys fan base would be. I thought that that was going to be pretty uh, pretty a uh, ironic ending to the day, but uh, the, the, the kickers this past week were horrid. Yeah, it's getting worse. <clears throat> It is, uh, it is getting worse, but like I said, Dan Bailey has a new job, Cleveland has a new kicker, uh, an undrafted free agent, so um, you know, you're, you're going to continue to see this week after week, guys uh, bouncing around team to team and, and stuff like that, but man, it just, it, it, it's wild, you know, Cleveland opportunities two weeks in a row to uh, unlock those beer coolers and the city once again remains thirsty dave let's look at the three uh four big games that i circled for this weekend starting with sunday at 1 p.m on fox you have the one in one saints traveling to the one in one falcons who are a three-point home favorite the over under uh at 53 um man this feels like such a weird game uh you know you had the falcons beat your panthers uh last week you had the saints uh you know you know kind of struggle to beat the browns uh, a division that you know we we talked about a couple weeks ago that 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 could potentially be the best in football, and you know they aren't through the first two weeks. You know, play, you know, to me, obviously, it's it's a very small sample size. Um, I like the Falcons at home here. Um, I'm I'm going to take the points as well. I think I think you know I think they're going to win it by. Again, around around that you know five, seven, ten mark. Uh, I I just I don't I don't think the Saints have it. I think Mark Ingram is such a huge part of that offense that they haven't really been able to get it going yet. Uh, he has, still has to sit two more games. Uh, they'll be fine. They'll get back with it once he's there. But uh, I like the Falcons at home. I agree with you, Jim. I mean, this is an extremely strange game. And, I mean, everything that we have seen so far this year in both the Falcons and the Saints and then Las Vegas, that's just lying at two and a half or three. Like, what? Right. Like, based on that, that's the same line that the game would have been if we said it three weeks ago prior to anyone playing. So, um, what? Um, so, I'm going with the Saints here. I mean, I, I – Agree with what you're saying, but I think you're getting absolute max effort and max focus out of the Saints team. Um, I think they've gotten a wake-up call the past two weeks, hopefully. Um, not real confident on this game. This is one of the games that I really, really, really do not like. 
Um, but I think you're getting a max effort out of the Saints team here. Um, I, I think that this is going to be fairly um, fairly controlled in the Saints game plan, and I think they're going to try and run the ball a little bit. I think they're going to see that the Eagles had a little bit of success against the Falcons, and I think they're going to see um, that the Panthers were fairly successfully, successful using McCafferty kind of in a uh, quick pass type set and uh, using Kamara a little bit. And, uh, so, again, I think that uh, I think the Saints are going to find a way to win this game, and they're going to realize that if they win this game, that it puts them in really good shape and Ingram's back in a week. So I think you're getting the max effort out of the Saints team. Um, not a huge, real good feel on this one, but uh, I, I would lean with the Saints on this one. All right, then we go 1 o'clock on Fox. You have the 1-1 one one 49ers traveling uh, eastward to the middle of the country against the 2-0 and Kansas City Chiefs and a young quarterback who is just kind of rewriting the, the, the record books for a first-year starter. Um, and, and, man, does he look all sorts of good just running around there, slinging the ball around. Uh, the Chiefs are a six-point home favorite, the over-under on this one at 56. Um I I do like the Chiefs here. Um, I I think the 49ers are, they're going to get it. Uh, But but I I just think that the Chiefs are clicking on a different level right now. So Chiefs, points, go. Uh, Taking the Chiefs by three, so I will be taking San Francisco, catching the six-ish. This just feels like a, a, a letdown spot for the Chiefs. I mean, they went to their first two games on the road. I don't know that they could have gone any better. I mean, you got a division win and you smoked the Steelers and you put up a thousand points in the process of doing so. Um, what could be better on the start than the, the, the Chiefs have? I mean, the stat I saw on the, the Chiefs is Mahomes had six passing touchdowns and he only had to attempt five third downs during the course of the game. He had more passing touchdowns than third downs that the Chiefs attempted. Let that one sink in for the course of the game. Steel curtain. Um, <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Um, but I'm, I, 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 again, I feel like that based on what we've seen, is this line's a little short. So therefore, I'm taking the underdog um, with the points. Um, but I think the Chiefs win this by three with the kicker making a last-second field goal to Ooh. propel them to victory. Ooh, the kicker! All right, let's look at uh, your Super Bowl preview, Dave. Right here in week number three, the one and one Chargers. Travel, I don't know, just up the highway, so a good eight-hour trip to the 2-0 Rams, who are a seven-point home favorite. You have a over and under line on this one at 48, uh, this one at 4.05 p.m. on CBS. Um, I don't know who the Chargers are. You know, week one, they looked like the bumbling, buffoony Chargers that we've come to know and love in December, November, uh, and then and last week they looked really good. So I, I, I really don't know who they are. Um, you know, the Rams, I think, are operating as we've expected. Uh, high-powered offense, really good defense. Um, seven points, because uh, I like the Rams uh, to win outright here. Uh, but in, in in terms of that number, seven Man, I, I we just we just don't know. So I'm I'm going to take the Chargers with the points. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be a, a close win um, for the Rams. Uh, it looks like Greg Zerline, the kicker, not playing this week. He's out with a groin injury. I forget uh, off the top of my head who the Rams signed, but I'm going to say he, Dave, coming off the uh, off the signing this week, will get the game winning field goal. So Rams outright, Chargers with the points. Oh, Jim, you're two for two in this game. Good job. Pat yourself on the back <laughs> on that one. Um, only thing you missed in this is the under looks good, too. Um, the, a lot of points uh, should not probably be scored in this game. Uh, I do like the Chargers this year. Um, the Chargers actually should have won the, the week one game against Kansas City. If you look at the stats, they were uh, way better in the stat box score than, than uh, the, the um, actual score indicated. Um, part of this with the, the NFL teams is you got to look at the stats and, and see what actually happened. But uh, they had their, their Phillip Rivers sighting, um, which seems to happen every other game. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the Chargers are, are a decent team this year. I would not be surprised if the Chargers won this game outright. Um, it would not be one of the biggest surprises of the week. Um, therefore, I'm saying do not pick the Rams in a survivor pool. 
Um, the Rams also have come off of uh, two two cupcakes. Um, they, they beat Arizona last week, which um, congratulations. They're probably one of the worst three teams in the NFL right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, they weren't all that impressive in doing so. If you look at the stats, um, the, the only thing that was pretty impressive is their defense. Jim, here's another uh, Dave factoid out of left field for you. The, uh, the Cardinals ran one play in one offensive play in the Rams territory. Okay. The right. last offensive snap of the game. Wow. That's brutal. That's brutal. But things only things only Dave would find on Twitter. So if it's on Twitter, it must be true. You know the motto. Exactly. Um, but I'm taking uh, I'm taking the Rams straight up, even though I want to pick the Chargers and uh, Chargers with the points. Uh, wait till you get seven in the hook and grab the hook and run. All right, and then finally uh, we go to Monday night, eight fifteen p.m. on ESPN. Uh, the O one and one Pittsburgh Steelers, a one and a half point favorite. On the road at the 2-0 Buccaneers, the over-under of 53-and-a-half. Um, man, I, I, like, I get it. I do. I get that um, talent-wise, uh, at least offensively, um, Pittsburgh's probably the better team right now. Um, you know, like just on paper. I'm talking strictly on paper. You know, Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, you know, Connor, um, you know, running the ball really well. You got Smith Schuster, you, you know, on paper it looks really good. Um, but there is all sorts of trouble with this Steelers team. I, I just don't understand how they can be a favorite at all. Um, especially given on the road. You know, it's a one and a half. You're you're talking, you know, a four, four and a half, maybe five uh point favorite if this thing's you know, not a road game. Like it just I don't get that. I don't get how they're a favorite. You know, the the Buccaneers, like this is probably some sort of mirage. Like the, I don't think we're we're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick in Week Twelve sitting with a ten and two record and Jameis Winston still sitting on the bench. Like I just don't think that's a thing that's going to happen. But something weird is happening down there. Um, so I, I'm I'm taking the the Buccaneers outright. Um, they're going to win this game. The Steelers, their woes are going to continue. Uh, maybe they can pray for a, the second tie in three weeks. I don't know, um, you know, if, if that's ever happened. But um, Buccaneers here, yeah. I just there's no way. I, I Steelers, no freaking way. So Jim, you know, I'm a contrarian with how I think. Of course, in more ways than one. Just just let that alone. But roll with it. Um, so the Steelers, if I would have told you three weeks ago before seeing the first two set of games that the Steelers were minus one and a half in Tampa Bay, you would have ran to the window to try and bet that line. It's that obnoxious. <laughs> right. Um, so two games, two games have moved this line almost five points. Like what have we, I mean, granted we've seen a lot on both sides here, so that's kind of culminating it, but this is a do or die game for the Steelers. Yeah, um, absolutely. This is, this is your absolute perfect um, buy a team sell a team when they're at their high and buy a team when they're at the low. Like you're, if you could tell me that I had a Buccaneers ticket from earlier this year showing this, the, the plus six and a half right now or whatever the number was, that would be phenomenal. But I mean, is this, this line move warranted based on what we've seen the first two games? Um, I don't know the answer. Uh, some of the line move is absolutely warranted. Um, but one and a half seems a little ridiculous to me. But, uh, I mean, how much magic does Fitzpatrick have left? I mean, the dude's doing press conferences looking like he's straight out of the USC or something, which he's, was just he absurd. He steals Deshaun Jackson's clothes and goes to the press conference. Like, it's awesome. It's awesome. Harvard Harvard grad out there, out there doing the work, man. It's just, it's fun. I don't know how long it lasts, but it's freaking fun while it is. I, I'm not disagreeing there, but I mean, I think they've completed three touchdowns so far this year that have been over 70 yards. Unreal. I think half the NFL. I think half the NFL last year didn't have a touchdown over 70 yards. So, I mean, to have three in your week two, like uh, this, this Tampa Bay team is just. I, I don't know what to say other than that pure, pure numbers and everything else. That there's no way I can back Tampa Bay getting a point and a half only 
in this game. I mean, I would need the full field goal to even consider, but uh, this is a game that Vegas probably knows best on, and uh, I am blindly taking the Steelers in this one and uh, hoping for the best. And, uh, I mean, absolute worst case, I can't be too disappointed if I pick the Steelers and then they lose because the Steelers lost. So, ha, I win. There you go. Uh, all right, those are the uh, those are the NFL picks for the week. Uh, now, Dave, obviously, you know, I, I said we're gonna we're gonna touch on baseball here and there when there's something n- uh, newsworthy. So the Orioles now. Now we know this has been a, a a very very bad season for the Orioles, and and throughout the course of the the summer, there was all this talk of you know how historically bad this season had the potential to be. Well, it is it is official now, Dave, that this season for the Baltimore Orioles is historically bad. And what I mean by that is uh, with a loss last night, they they reached their 108th loss of the season, which officially puts it at their worst season on record. 1988, they had 107 losses. Last night was 108. Um, the worst in modern baseball – uh, was the 2003 Detroit Tigers who finished 43 and 119, uh, which is the 10th worst all time. The worst season in the history of baseball was the 19 or the 1899 Cleveland Spiders, who finished 20 and 134. Um, and Dave, uh, just coming in here, breaking news: the Baltimore Orioles will not tie. The Detroit Tigers of 2003 for the 10th worst season in baseball history because the Orioles tonight have beaten the Toronto Blue Jays. They are now 44 and 108. So the uh, the worst they could finish uh, would be 44 and 118. So yay baseball! <laughs> Breaking news: the uh, the the Boston Red Sox after the start that they got off to had that many wins in the end of May probably. Um, <laughs> So let's let's focus on the real story in in, in that region of uh, of the, the country there, the the Baltimore Washington area. Um, given how bad the Orioles are, let's focus that the Capitals still won the Stanley Cup and screw baseball. You know the the only thing that I honestly hope to happen, and this may be the last time we touch on baseball until we actually get to the playoffs, is like at this point, why the hell not? I almost hope that the Orioles have the reverse record of the Red Sox. Like so, you know what? You know, obviously, what you know, because right now the Red Sox are one hundred three and forty eight. So you are only five games off that happening, and they have a three game set with the Red Sox starting on Friday. So that, that's the only thing I honestly hope for at this point, because it would just make this situation a little more amusing. Uh, but yes, I just hope they don't. Uh, I hope they don't touch my Mariners for that win record, whatever that was in like two thousand or two thousand one. And yes, that's the last time the Mariners made the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Orioles aren't making it this year, but yeah, we can rest easy, everyone, knowing just as the flag over my right shoulder says that the Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions, so that's always good news. Uh, Dave, where can the people follow you, man, on Twitter? We're going to close this thing out this week and uh, and get ready for another great football weekend. Yeah, Jim, the, the only thing I want to touch on also real quick is this is sure. kind of the, the first week uh, – that it, that it really hits in our area, but uh, I believe Penn State traveled to Illinois this weekend for the the Friday night matchup. Uh, yeah, what's up with that? that? Uh, well, the Big Ten instituted something. It was a year ago or two years ago that every team has to play a Friday night game at least once throughout the season. So, um, I personally, we we're, were discussing it during our bowling league tonight. Uh, I personally think it's pretty sweet because it gets it, it spreads this football schedule out a little bit, and it's um, it, it's something I like because I like watching these other teams and I mean the more time I can watch competitive football on TV it doesn't matter if it's Maxion Tuesday or Big Ten Friday or whatever it is I mean competitive football bring it on baby but uh, it, it, it just it, I, I want to see the first home game on a Friday night at State College what it's like it's either going to be complete mayhem or it's going to be so empty that it's ridiculous but um, how do you tailgate for a Friday game a Friday night game at at Penn State. I mean, do you go all day? Like, how does that work? We were trying to talk about that and picture that. Um. Well, I mean, yeah. Obviously, this week is on the road. But yeah, when you when you get to that point 
Um, I feel like that's a situation. You know, you've been in college. Uh, I've been in college. Um, that, that just feels like one of those Fridays where you wake up and go, you know, I think I'm just going to drink today. I think I'm just going to drink today. Um, Wasn't that every day in college or was that just me? Um, wait, my wife listens to this show. Uh, no comment. Oh, wait, no. She knows I was. A, I, she, she, thank God she and I didn't meet each other until after college. Yeah. No, there, there was uh, most days. Most days were drunk. I had a recovery day like once every three months. You know. You want some Jack Daniels? <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, dude. Like, I mean, so I guess it is kind of cool. Like you said, anytime you can get some uh, competitive college football, uh, you know, uh, spreading the spreading the thing out. And hey, maybe it'll give us an, an excuse to get together and watch some football on a Friday night. Hey man, I'm all for that. Uh, I mean, you know me. Anytime there's football on, I'm gonna be watching it, even if it's a uh, rerun of a uh, game from last week or something like that. So um, it doesn't take much to get me interested in a football <laughs> game, even if I've already seen it. But uh, yeah, we're uh, wrapping up another show here. I'm at uh, Huddle Up Dave, and uh, appreciate everyone listening. And uh, we'll, we'll catch everyone next week after the uh, Panthers beat the Bungles. All right, there you go, Dave. Have a good one, bud. Cheers, man. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Make sure you are following us on social media. That is over at uh, Huddle Up Podcast. Of course, on Facebook, which you're watching us on the live video. If you're not, like us over on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast. Also, check out our home network, NGSCSports.com. Make sure you're following them and their sponsor, PlayQB54. Go to PlayQB54.com. Use promo code podcast to get 20% off of your order. Again, playqb54.com. Use promo code podcast for 20% off your order. This guy you got in front of me right here over at Undisputed Belts. Let him know that I sent you. Undisputedbelts.com for all your tr- championship needs. You can follow me at Big Gym Sports. Follow the show. Like it. Share it. Spread it. Get more people involved. And we will talk to you next week. Until then, go for the win.